0: Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. In the culture war, there are no winners, just podcasters. Only a few are willing to risk their lives in the face of some of the dumbest ideas to have ever captured human civilization. Every week, we Megan Dom and Sarah Hader humbly accept this mission to bring you conversations that are equal parts stunning, brave, and morally inequivalent. Do we say that one already? Maybe. Okay, I but I think, think so. That's an evergreen. Doesn't yeah. matter if we said it. Um, we're definitely morally.
1: Uh, I know we struggled in-
0: over that word. Inequivalent, like- unequivocal. Yeah, we're more <laughs> unequivocal and <laughs> I mean inequivalent do, do yeah, not we, not do. mean the same things. But I think you and I are morally uh, not equals because I think you're True. probably more moral than I am, mm-hmm. but in a f- immoral way. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna talk about our recent visit with Rebecca Traster. Um, and we're going to touch on some other things as well, but, uh, how are you doing? Rebecca Traester, um, very accomplished journalist, author, feminist writer, um, paid us a visit, which I was really glad that she, that she came. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was, it was nice to have her. She's obviously a very smart woman. Um, and I've actually read two of her three books. Mm Mm-hmm and um i went and picked up um uh the one that was relevant to our conversation about single women all the single ladies all the single ladies and i mean that book is packed with statistics and data and like every i mean every page has so much information on it and that was it's quite impressive actually. And I, I listened to a podcast um, that she was on and she talked about how long it took her to write that book, um, like five years or something. Like it was a, it was a feat. And I, I believe it, you know, I, I, as I was reading through that book, it definitely felt like there was a lot of information that she just wanted to convey. Um, I do of course disagree with like, maybe all of it, <laughs> like much of it. And I wonder if it's, um, you know because it's not a data problem she has data but it's also perspective and what we're assuming from the start um and I held back in our conversation and I hope everybody noticed I hope you noticed cuz I I was that was very brave of me it was me. it, it, it was, was it was big of me uh because I definitely there was a lot that she that she's, you know um shot out there and i wanted to disagree with every single point but then i thought you know i'm not gonna punish somebody who was gracious enough to come on my podcast by
0: torturing her the yeah, whole time it, and hard, arguing with her. it's hard to it just... know what to do yeah right yeah. We, we didn't we wouldn't want to turn it into a debate right um but at the same time i don't i don't like it that you had to hold back i don't know maybe so if we I... had had more time i mean you know she gave us she was you know i didn't want to keep her more than an hour She she did stay longer I mean, than she that, is doing us a favor it's one of them
1: i don't know what to do because she's doing us a favor she's coming on our podcast that has you know like all 10 listeners and they're amazing and i we love you guys but i know. Uh, it, you're just not big enough to warrant a a guest appearance by a lot of people so but when they're doing yeah. it they're really just doing us a favor mm. and it's really nice of them it would be totally different if it was um you know, a debate sponsored by somebody else. Like Barry Weiss has a debate with me and Rebecca Tracer, while well, I'm going to, you know, right. uh, bring the guns. But it, it's a totally different situation.
0: I, I know, think. it's, um, isn't it? It's really hard to know what to do. I've actually been sometimes criticized on my other podcast mm-hmm. for bringing people in and not pushing back enough.
1: Yeah, but and where do you- I'm
0: kind of like, well, like, especially if it's a big get, like I'm not going to, you know, bring somebody in and then punish them. Exactly, like beat them up on the show yeah for um yeah i think you have to walk a line i
1: i think this is hard also for people who are not who don't listen to po- who who don't actually produce their own podcast to understand like the power dynamics kind of happening in the back end you can't have people on and just punch them and if you do that then no one's going to come on your podcast again um right right so I thought you it have was to a, yeah I thought, it was, I thought we pushed back we did push back but it wasn't like i i didn't say anything i i that wasn't true but i also just didn't say a bunch of things that could have i think derailed the conversation very early on and then she wouldn't have gotten any she wouldn't have gotten past the first point that she made because i would have just right i I think that I, i i remember listening to like a sam harris conversation with jordan peterson a long time ago and it was it got it got stuck on the on one point i think it got stuck on like um what it truth is or something like that. And they never, and they never, <laughs> they never, they never left and they were just arguing yeah. about it for like 40 minutes. And I remember people listening to it, hated it. I liked it. I loved it.
0: That was great for me, but for everybody else, it was like, just move on, just move on, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Well, I thought, you know, I had a lot of thoughts about the conversation and I was thinking a lot about how being a journalist and being like a writer or a cultural critic it's a different job than being a, a, a social scientist or like even a philosopher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the job is to kind of look at what's going on in the culture right now and apply some kind of larger analysis using historical Um, precedent and data. And, you know, you do have a historical perspective, but you are ultimately talking about what's going on now. Like if you are a magazine writer and it's good to be a magazine writer, right? Like if you Mm -hmm. are a writer, you want to be a magazine writer, not a newspaper writer, usually, because that's where you can really like write longer pieces. And there's like a sense of style and it's just a more satisfying experience artistically um, and even intellectually. So I think that the job of you know Rebecca's job and this is my job too and it was has been my job for a long time is to sort of like you know look at a phenomenon and then put a particular spin on it that is that is relevant to the current moment so i think that when she's a lot of what she's talking about applies to the last several decades um mm-hmm. and your perspective would, would go much farther back. So I think it may, in, in some ways, it may just kind of be like a a clash of of missions. So maybe we should go through and and if there's a couple of points, you can you can uh, debate with her now that she's not here. Now I mean, she's what not is, not, is no, this? It's been so shitty to, to no, do that. No, I, don't, but like, I are all I'll, I'll represent her. I'll, repre- <laughs> I'll I'll be um, her. Well, okay,
1: I'll, so I think that's interesting what you said, the difference in missions, because I... I don't know what my mission is. I'm I am an actual activist, you know what I mean? Like I like thought that that's ma- um, not I'm not I'm not much of a, not, not. not an activist anymore, but that's what I actually did, you know. And I think it was very confusing to me the role of like what you're describing as this magazine writer because to me sometimes they acted like activists and they were dishonest um, in a way that you know really is not it's ne- it's never really forgivable but it's something that you can see an activist do because they're so, so mission-oriented, goal-oriented. Like, I just have to win no matter what. And so this is the kind of thing that made me disgusted. This is the kind of thing that made me hate activism. Um, And then to see writers engaging in that kind of similar, like, myopic worldview um, really made me sick. And, uh, you know, I, I guess this is why I struggle with calling myself a writer, even if that's what I that's the closest thing to a job description at the moment, because
0: I don't know what that means.
1: You know, it's like, is it, is that, is that still activist, but lying about it? Yeah.
0: It's like (laughs) this podcast space. It's so interesting because it's like a hybrid between these two things. I mean, you have like the kind of people sort of social scientists, you can bring in like some hardcore Evo psych person. I don't mean a bullshit Evo psych person. I mean, a real one. Um, and then you can also bring in like people with a more creative. I don't. I don't want to say. I don't. I, I'm wary of saying creative in the context of journalism. So let me revise that a little bit. But you know, you you could you could bring in somebody to kind of like tell the tell the hard truths in like just raw terms, and then you could bring in somebody whose job it is to kind of put it in a framework that yeah. is that is interesting and relevant, but like, it's only, you know, the, the podcast space has like melded these two things. And I think we're sort of trying to figure out how to metabolize it still not, not we personally, but just the, this, the creators in this space.
1: But I wonder if you can do that job well, without having a, a very broad understanding of like human affairs that I, I, I feel as if, many cultural commentators simply don't have i mean they are talking about what you were saying like the past couple of decades and they're framing everything from the perspective of you know working women in the past couple of decades even with you know i think rebecca tries to pull it back and well i mean she she does pull it back um in her book all the single ladies she like goes back um to like 19 like early 1900s i mean i forget maybe maybe further back than that but she tries to really paint a broad picture of working women but i think that you actually have to go broader than that you know like even that is the modern world that is a world in which we started decoupling uh Mm -hmm. you know manual labor like like physicality from what you can do from the work itself um, and we started developing all these professions that women could really take a part in equally. But beyond that, we also started, we, we have this prosperity that allowed us to you know, think about life without children. You we didn't need 10 of them to survive. Many of them were surviving anyway. And then we needed fewer and fewer to help us get by and maybe none at all. We Maybe we didn't, you know, you need to have kids and you can have a retirement and survive. So the things were like, there was a fundamental like you know the tectonic plates or whatever like uh of of culture were are shifting and those aspects of culture it is just simply not being addressed if you are looking if you're not looking further than you know the last century or even two centuries it has to be it has to be broader than that. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah, or is that, and, am I asking for too much and no, that and no one I, can
0: do this or won't well, do this? I, I I mean, I also think that we have to talk about like the biological aspects. Like the fact is that people are, the, the biological reality is that it's better to have kids younger than older. Um, you know, I was just reading something. Uh, who was it? The, um, there was a famous quote, um, from, uh, oh my gosh, it's like one of the, it may even be like one of the sort of early, like Greek philosophers that, you know, the ideal age for a lady to get married is, uh, is 18. And a man is, uh, the way that was phrased was like three, you know 30 and seven basically 37 and 18 was Ugh. uh yes this was some um Ew, no oh god it, no this goes like way 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 back and like okay. the, need to cancel him i know well i think this person is dead i mean it's literally somebody like you can um, cancel people like, like you can aristotle or something and, yeah but okay. I, you know okay. and the idea too was like that the 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 maturity level was about even at 18 and 37 what? and um also like the decline that men would uh, somehow they would uh, somehow they would decline at the same time I, I don't even know what the rationale well, that's wishful was, thinking I feel like with a lot of these older like middle-aged men they're like actually I know. I'm at the PM, yeah exactly I'm like, no you're not I like, think was, it you was, you was Al, it was Al Pacino that said it right Al, Al Pacino he's like 92 and he okay, just you were had saying a Aristotle. Baby. you thought maybe it was Aristotle I think and it, it I, turns out it was Al Pacino whatever <laughs> potato potato anyway so but yeah. uh I, I do feel yeah like we are now having to, like, reckon with the way that we have disrupted nature and biological processes through through contraception and various kinds of technologies, everything from embryo freezing to artificial wombs. And that's very, right. very it's recent. It's all changed so much. Right. I mean,
1: so much of the, the, the landscape that has shifted. Um, but but, but that, that landscape contributed to why things were the way they were. Back in the bad old days. And I don't see enough of a recognition or even maybe even like an understanding of that in uh, the the feminist spaces. I would say even even the more intellectual feminist spaces, I feel like that's missing Um, when I see a historical analysis. It's some garbage like nonsense about. Uh, How we used to be, you know, matriarchal or much more egalitarian, even if not matriarchal and, uh, you know, the industrial revolution or or maybe they go further and then they say the the, uh, uh, really was when we uh, became sedentary before, you know, when when we were hunter gatherers, things were much more egalitarian and then we um, got into horticulture and everything shifted. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think they know that that's accurate or not accurate. I don't think it matters to them that it's a it, it 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 comports with what we know about history and it's also prehistory is a very difficult thing to know anything about. I would wouldn't be surprised if, in a hundred years everything we thought we knew about prehistory was actually wrong because a lot of what we're doing is interpreting there's no there is no writing, so we're interpreting based on a like a you know. Mm Voss and and burial sites and locations, and we're presuming that if you're located here, it means you're powerful or not powerful or or whatever. And 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 these are all assumptions that we're making from our own cultural context. It's very hard to get this to get this right. It's very hard to know anything about prehistory that is truly, you know, uh is something you can stand on and base a
0: worldview on. Come on, like absurd really but it was a, it was aristotle by the way it wasn't i just looked it up yeah oh aristotle, aristotle said it, it should be 8, repeated it? <laughs> 18 and 35 that's what he said so okay. um okay okay well, my anyway. apologies
1: turns out um, too bad if we can get well, him on well, well where you did al pacino him? come from
0: because did he maybe he, he a quoting b- he, okay. okay yeah no al pacino's done him one better al pacino just had a, a child disgusting. uh yeah um i've got thoughts about that that's but disgusting that's yeah disgusting. okay we yeah can't, we can't talk uh, about it it's gross well um, um anyway so okay but so yeah but i, yeah, I think that just like the in
1: the the i the intellectual um honestly um i don't want to say childishness but it, the, the, there, there's there's just a lack of significant thought Put into a lot of how we ended up, where we ended up, why the the quote unquote patriarchy was a thing. Um, this is why I have a frustration with that term feminist, and why I feel very alienated from it. And I don't really, I mean, I don't really want to put a lot of labels on myself anymore. Period, because I do think that that is something that impacts you intellectually, whether you want it to or not. Even if you're a very objective person. Um, and you're somebody who likes you know uh, is very good at dispassionate rationalizing of things but it's um, but really when when you put a label now you have a team you'll put a label on yourself you can't help but be biased towards them so for that reason I don't want to call myself a feminist but then there's an additional reason that even if that wasn't the case I don't know if it applies to me I don't know what that word means anymore there's like you know you will say feminism means this or it meant something in my day you know people in the comments were talking about it i was looking at it um just a few minutes ago uh there was like a discussion in uh one of our uh, on, on the sub stack about what a feminist is and what it means and um you know it, it means a lot of things to a lot of people but at that point it's kind of a useless label Like i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure what the purpose is of applying a label that means so many different things to so many different people and it's hard, to, it's hard really for me to pinpoint one particular thing and say this, this right here, this is true feminism, mm-hmm. you know? Uh,
0: I know. I mean, yes, my definition was uh, deemed quaint. Uh, I think somebody said that. Maybe it was you that said that.
1: Um, I, I get that.
0: that. I, I guess that, uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess I still use it because, you know, there was a period... Uh, You know, everyone was using the word feminist in the 70s and into a lot of the 80s, but then there was a big period in the early 2000s where it was verboten. Like women were not using that term, and women who were very clearly benefiting from all the work of second wave feminism, you know, absolutely just unequivocally the beneficiaries of all of that stuff were refusing to use the word because they were just sort of chalking it up to an aesthetic like well I don't have hairy armpits and I am not a man hater therefore I'm not a feminist so I guess I always wanted to just keep using the word because I wanted to like you know make a statement that you don't have to be that way like it's a it's yeah. just very clear but yeah i mean i i get it it you know ultimately it doesn't really matter it's a semantic issue like it doesn't it doesn't it's, matter yeah, i don't it think it just
1: doesn't but 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 I, I think the reason i continue to have a problem with it is because i'm not sh-